0: Welcome to Stanford Innovation Lab. I'm Tina Seelig, Professor of the Practice in the Department of Management Science and Engineering at Stanford University. This podcast is designed to give you a taste of the topics we explore in our classes on innovation and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the closing episode of this season's Stanford Innovation Lab, where we showcase your submissions to the Innovation Challenge. A few weeks ago, I invited all of you to create as much value as possible, starting with mismatched socks. Value could be measured any way you like, including monetary value, social value, entertainment value, health value, education value, or even humor. You had to start with at least one sock that it lost its mate. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Rich Cox. Rich and I have been teaching classes on creativity together for many years. In this episode, he and I are going to share your submissions, starting with the expected solutions and moving on to the truly unique ideas. You'll hear about a wide range of products and services, from dog toys to sweat collectors to social movements. And for all those who participated, we hope you enjoyed the challenge as much as we did, and that you continue to use the skills of looking at old things in new ways in all parts of your life. It's such a pleasure to welcome Rich Cox to our show today. Welcome, Rich.
1: Thanks, Dina. It's great to be here.
0: So I know you super well since we've been teaching together for many years, Uh, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background?
1: Absolutely. There's three main beats before we get to what I do with you today. Uh, The first is I was a software engineer, had a career in that. My second career was in marketing, and then the third one, which was the most fun I was an improv artist for a while, improv like whose line is it anyway, Um, teaching and performing. And now I teach with you, of course, here at Stanford, and I have a consulting company that helps people and teams and cultures to increase their performance, everything from leadership and uh, team dynamics to creativity and innovation.
0: Great. And I love that your company is called People Rocket. Perfect, perfect name. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. So um, I think it might be fun to talk a little bit about the class that we teach together to set the stage for what happened in this innovation challenge. I think that people will then get understand why we gave a challenge of this type to start out with. So uh, maybe you could give your point of view about what we're teaching and why we're doing it.
1: So, I mean, teaching creativity to people, I think a lot of people think you can't teach creativity, and it, it's, it's unusual in that. What I love about teaching with you is how improvisational we are together. I mean, for me, it's almost like doing a scene together. We're not totally sure what's going to happen next, but we both have an idea. And when we add our pieces, the magic really happens in the classroom.
0: One of the things that I think would be fun to mention to our listeners is that uh, the structure of our class is somewhat unusual. Uh, we get into the room, and I love that we we take a class selfie at the beginning of each class. That's sort of the attendance. If you're not in the photo, you're not in the class.
1: I just love seeing those one or two students running from the door to make it the picture. In the picture,
0: <laughs> right. We then also have a check-in where the students are in a big circle and everybody says something. Uh, it's it's You might think it sounds crazy or irrelevant, but just having people sort of in the room where they say where they've come from, what they're looking forward to, what's happened, um, you end up sort of placing yourself in the room with everyone else by saying something and giving people a little context for how this fits into your day.
1: Well, and I think that sets up our teaching style perfectly because everything we do is so experiential the real value is hearing from the students and their experiences and them sharing. And so it makes it easier once you've already said something in class to say something again.
0: Right. And the other thing is we don't basically ever lecture. We might present some concepts, uh, but really we lead with experiences. We give students things to do they probably haven't ever done before, uh, to stretch their their thinking, their feeling, their imagination in really different directions. And the class always ends with going around the room again, where the students talk about their biggest takeaway, their aha. Um, I'm a huge believer that unless you actually reflect on the experience, um, it really um, doesn't stick. And so they get to not only think about their own takeaways, but hear everyone else's. And I
1: I like that, although, as you mentioned, we plan, we focus on how we teach, our real focus is on how they learn. And that reflection at the end is very important for us to hear what they are learning, but for themselves to think back and know what they did learn.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, always so fascinating. So let's talk about this innovation challenge that we gave to the students. Um, in the past, um, I've had the opportunity to give challenges where we give the students, you know, whether a handful of paper clips or five dollars or water bottles, and say create as much value as possible. Value measured any way you want, starting with this very mundane object. Um, this time, we decided to give them. Unmatched socks. I mean, why, from your perspective, why is a project like this even interesting? Why should someone spend some time thinking about it?
1: This is an opportunity to change the way you look at the world. By default, when you say unmatched socks, and I have some in my drawer, I think we all do, I don't know where they go, but it's something you see every day and you devalue it. Your frame on that is there is no value here, or now it's gone down in value because I only have one of the two. And this changes that and turns it on its head and says, what value is there of these things, and how can I create it, get it? And that's something you can apply to anything in your life
0: so let's uh, let's look at some of the things that people did now one thing that I, I want to point out is we ended up with you know hundreds of submissions from all over the world we had people from ages five years old and up we had some teachers decide to do this in their classrooms with their students which is just terrific um, we had people from across the US from Turkey from Saudi Arabia and uh, that was really fun for me to see just the the level of participation but also the diversity of ideas that came in so one of the things that um, struck me, and it's something that didn't, though, surprise me. There were a lot of submissions that were expected ideas. Why do you think that happens? Why do you think even when you give people a prompt and say, come up with hundreds of solutions, come up with wild ideas, you prompt them to really brainstorm, why do you think that we get so many submissions that are really expected ideas?
1: I think one of the reasons is that Most everyone is a good problem solver. Come up with a problem, find a solution, start doing that. And that works for people in a lot of cases. Every day, we need to solve problems. What we don't do every day is really try to come up with interesting new ideas, new ideas to the world, things that really change. And for that, you have to get past all those initial ideas.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Even when you prompt people to do it, our tendency is to just go with the first right answer. And those are always interesting. And, and one of the things I know that you and I uh, love to do in our class is when the students submit their projects uh, that they're working on over the quarter and they think they've been very clever and they think they're done and then we have them go back and do it again. And the looks on their faces are usually pretty uh, surprised, they're pretty surprised as they say, whoa, what do you mean we have to do it again? We just finished this. But of course, we're giving them an opportunity to go back and push further.
1: Yeah, I think that is one of the most important lessons that we give them is it changes what finished or what done means to more of an artist's interpretation of that, that you can keep working on a painting forever. You have to decide and make an explicit decision. When is this really finished? Because there's always something else you could do. We don't do that in our normal lives.
0: Right. Especially in school where you get to the end, you go, okay, I'm done. But, but with most problems, the first idea you come up with is the first iteration, you're going to have to push further to come up with something really unique and really meaningful. So let's give some examples. Okay. Um, Uh, There were a bunch of expected ideas. And and what I'm going to suggest is that we're not going to give names or mention people in this podcast, because there were a lot of people who came up with really similar ideas. And I don't want to just pick out one person. But we're going to be posting on our website, a a bunch of photos so people can go and see the range of ideas again. And the link there is ecorner.stanford.edu. So some of the most expected ideas were things like this: a soft indoor ball for games, a bag for organizing marbles or little toys or soap, or a bag for pens or hand warmers or dog toys. Can you talk a little bit about those type of ideas
1: I mean those are the things that instantly come to mind when you think of a sock, what it is and what it looks like you know it is a bag in a way, a bag is just an piece of cloth with an open top. And so those ideas just come flowing out. My guess is that the person that came up with that idea, it was one of the very first thoughts they had.
0: Right. And yet they probably were excited about coming up with an interesting idea.
1: Absolutely. And it is a good idea. There's nothing wrong with any of those first obvious ideas. But as we go deeper into the list that we have and the submissions, the farther you go, new ideas come out that are a little bit more innovative.
0: Yeah. So let's pull up a couple of the ideas that uh, strike strike you. Which Is there anything that jumps out? You go, oh, my gosh, that is such an interesting and surprising idea.
1: Well, the first one that jumped off the page for me is uh, because we're having our first daughter uh, in September is ha- hospital socks to wrap around ICU babies for comfort.
0: Yeah. So uh, how do you interpret that idea?
1: Uh, it seems like the socks would be a little bit big for the baby's hands, <laughs> but I love the innovation, and it's a real need. I think that's what's, what's interesting as we get into these second-tier ideas is that each one uniquely takes on a need of something that, That happens in the world.
0: Yeah. So one of them that jumps out to me is reusable coffee filters. And I love the idea, you know, you're somewhere, you don't have any coffee, you know, your coffee filters, you're desperately needed some coffee, and you go, you know what I have? I can use my sock. Let me just stretch the sock, put the coffee in it. And I think it's actually probably a a really would work.
1: I'm torn on this one because I love coffee and the convenience of that would be great. But the idea of a sock, at least my (laughs) socks, I'm not too sure about uh, Maybe you
0: could have a dedicated sock.
1: Yeah, or a very good coffee sock washer.
0: (laughs) Great. Um, I also really liked um, the ideas where people actually cut the socks up and did something different. One of my favorites is where someone cut, you know, the top of the sock, the one that would go around your ankle, which is essentially a big loop, right? And cut it into different... uh, um, Strips. So you ended up with essentially bracelets, right? And all these different colored bracelets from different colored socks. And one of the teams suggested the idea of mood bracelets. And so you would put on these bracelets of different colors that came from socks that would um, essentially alert those around you about what your mood was.
1: Absolutely. I love this idea. And it starts to take a look at what is a sock and. At a deeper level. A sock is a piece of fabric. You can cut fabric. You could sew fabric. You can repurpose what it is. So it really starts to break into a new layer of ideas where you're modifying and changing from its original thing as opposed to a bag.
0: Right. In fact, um, there were quite a number of submissions where people cut them up and basically used it as fabric. You know, making a purse or making ear warmers or making a sweater or making, um, oh, itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny Polka dot bikini <laughs> out of the socks. So the idea is essentially, you know, fabric and socks. Essentially, are just a uh, an interesting shape
1: fabric it it sort of takes a look at what are the properties of this and what does it have there are many things that we're insulating as well like drink holders and the the little hand mittens, warmers yeah hand warmers that it's not just fabric it's a kind of fabric it's a little bit thicker and it's a little bit cushiony and that has properties That are different than other
0: fabrics. Right, and can be used in interesting ways. Uh, One of the funniest ones was a sweat collector. The uh, insight was that companies uh, often need to, I guess purchase sweat, like, you know, like if if you've got a a smart watch and it's somehow connected to your skin, it uses, you know, the sweat is needed there to make it a better conductor and these companies need to actually have simulated sweat uh, and that there might be some sort of market for this so that you could go and take, collect socks, squeeze out the sweat and sell that. So, but I think that's totally brilliant because instead of even just looking at the sock as a piece of fabric or something a certain shape you're saying it's also a collector of human sweat
1: absolutely and (laughs) as a designer who doesn't love a first pressing sweat (laughs) it's really nice
0: now there are people from around the world who came up with some interesting ideas that were very specific to their region there was someone who wrote in uh, who was doing work at a refugee camp in Turkey and uh, this um, challenge prompted her to say you know what we have a lot of Mismatched socks here that have been donated, you know, things that have been donated to the refugee camp. And she said, you know, what could we do with these? There are a lot of needs here, and what could we do with these socks? And so she turned them into kids' games, Um, sort of went back to sort of the idea of the balls, but started using all the things that were in the storage areas of these refugee camps. To essentially say, how can we create some entertainment and uh, some, some pleasure and fun for the kids there by using the things starting with mismatched socks?
1: Right. Well, Refugee Camp intrinsically has a constraint on resources. They don't have a lot. And so repurposing what you have into something else is a great exercise in creativity.
0: Right. In fact, one of the other ideas that was in the same vein was someone who suggested using them to make diapers in the developing world. Now, I don't know how practical that is, but the idea is that again, l- looking at a problem that they are facing, like oh, how do we solve this problem, and saying how might I use mismatched socks to address this? Uh, one of my one of my other favorite ideas, and it came up from several people, but I thought, wow, that's actually kind of interesting. Was a holder for seedlings or plants. That And the idea is that it would, I would assume would decompose if it was actually put in the ground. But in the short term, you could put some dirt in, put some seeds in, water it, it would drain. And once the seedling was ready to be planted, you just put the sock and the plant right in the ground.
1: We are just about to start planting our garden, and if that was available today, I'd go get it.
0: Well, guess what? I think you could go buy some socks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's the prepackaged seeds and everything all together as a sellable product that I could just plop those in my garden would make it so much easier.
0: Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Well, maybe you want to go do that.
1: You can find us at (laughs) sockgarden.com.
0: Some of the most interesting submissions actually go beyond these surprising ideas to look at the socks as a real inspiration for something really surprising. They they use the socks as a bit of a metaphor for something else. Uh, one of my favorites is this idea of sort of walking in someone else's socks. So it's about empathy and understanding someone else and that, you know, you sort of take off your socks, you share your story, hand it to someone else, they tell their story. So the socks become um, a trigger for storytelling and empathy.
1: I love how common of an experience it is everyone has socks and to have a physical artifact of somebody that goes with it and that metaphor of walking in someone else's shoes really rings true in fact i'd love to see that paired with the refugees and a program where trading socks a sock exchange kind of program what's the story that goes with those socks to help make it more relatable
0: oh that's very cool the idea of you know what story these socks hold Absolutely. Uh, One of my other favorites that was similar to this had to do with taking the idea that you have mismatched socks and using it as a feature as opposed to a bug and saying, you know, how do you celebrate diversity? And so have a day where everyone wears mismatched socks as a way to celebrate the fact that it's okay to be different.
1: This is one of my favorite ideas because we've seen memes like this happen where one person has this idea and it starts to spread around the world, whether it's bracelets or uh, the Facebook photos. An idea like this, a diversity sock campaign to show we need diversity and celebrate that is a fantastic idea.
0: So okay, I'm going to do this next week or this week. I'm going to every single day. I'm going to wear mismatched socks. Will you do it too?
1: I'll do it too. Let's
0: see if we can get it to catch on, and uh, we can sort of start a little campaign around uh, celebrating our differences.
1: That's great. The, the movement started right here. You're right here, all hearing right it now. Right now. Okay, I have so, sandals
0: on today. I have sandals on, so I don't have socks. But I'm going to start tomorrow. That's
1: just another kind of diversity. Team. <laughs> But if you're listening out there, next week, every day, you do it too. This is the challenge to you is the diversity campaign. (laughs) Wear mismatched socks every day and then explain to people
0: why you are. That would be great. Uh, Some other ones that are similar to this in that the socks were there to trigger something interesting and solve a problem. There were a bunch of people who submitted dating apps. So the idea of you get a sock, you get one sock and have to uh, find the match, right? You have to find the matching socks somewhere in the world. And some people named it sort of glass slippers, sort of taking off on the Cinderella story. Another team called it footsie, uh, which is very clever as well. So uh, the idea that people realize that, you know, dating is in need of some disruption, and uh, maybe you can use socks for inspiration.
1: I love it. I'm I'm waiting to see if maybe uh, one of the main dating apps out there starts to pick up on this and does a sock campaign.
0: Oh, that's a cool idea. Well, in fact, one of the teams used the mismatched socks as an inspiration for a sock hop party and the idea that come with your mismatched socks. And essentially, it was a trigger to think about actually just getting together to dance.
1: I mean, sometimes we just need inspiration to make a connection. And that's what they're getting at here. And that's also what this challenge has been doing as well. It's just make a connection to an idea, a need, something else that is out there, starting with socks. Just asking the question, can we solve a problem, gets us in that mode and starts us down that path and we start to generate ideas.
0: Well, in fact, that's actually the reason for this uh, challenge in the first place. We are surrounded by lots and lots and lots of things, whether it is unmatched socks, a bunch of paper clips, water bottles, a coffee cups sitting on your desk. Everything we have around us is ripe to uh, stimulate creative thinking and creative problem solving. And the major goal of this exercise is to get people to look at old things in new ways, to stretch their imagination, to practice brainstorming, to come up with truly unique ideas, and to then also learn how to share those ideas with the world.
1: I think that is a shared passion that we both have in teaching this class and and bringing things like these challenges out to people is how can we help everyone unlock what is their creative potential? to look at the world in a different way, and to really get out there and use that to change the world.
0: We exercise our bodies. We exercise our minds with you know, problem solving in, in traditional classroom settings. But this is a way to stretch and practice creativity. I
1: love doing these exercises.
0: Great. And uh, I want to invite everybody to go to our website to see images of many of the submissions. That's going to be at ecorner.stanford.edu. And I want to remind you that this is the last episode of this season of Stanford Innovation Lab. We'll be back again soon with a whole new series of interesting interviews. Thanks to Rich Cox for joining me to share the submissions and to all of you for contributing your fabulous ideas. We'll be sending signed copies of Inside Out to all those whose ideas were mentioned. And we'll be back again soon with the next season of Stanford Innovation Lab. This podcast is brought to you by Stanford ECorner and the Stanford Technology Ventures Program, the Entrepreneurship Center at Stanford School of Engineering. Stanford Innovation Lab is produced and edited by Eli Schell. Our digital solutions manager is Sarah Kahn. With software development by Davor Senkovich. Our designer is Daniel Stusi, and communications and marketing are led by Mike Pena and Monica Yort. You can find additional podcasts, videos, and articles at ecorner.stanford.edu. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on both this podcast and our ETL series. So please follow us on Twitter and eCorner. And if you're a fan of the series, please leave a review on iTunes. Finally, remember, entrepreneurs do much more than imaginable with much less than seems possible.